Welcome to the Overnight Ramblings, where we delve into contemporary topics, current events, and noteworthy news. Join our host, Seth Melendez, as he brings a fresh perspective to the world around us. Get ready for engaging and thought-provoking discussions on a range of subjects. You won't want to miss a single episode. So tune in and join the conversation with the Overnight Ramblings. Hello, how you doing? Welcome uh, to the Overnight, Overnight Ramblings. I'm your host, Seth Melendez. This week, the uh, podcast has been a little delayed. I've been dealing with a bit of a physical ailments, but I've been some back issues for years, and I've been dealing with that. So, um, just doing dealing with the shots and then recovering and all that. So we're a little delayed, uh, but in in doing and waiting and delaying, I, one of the things that I decided I figured I would go back to the what I know, my wheel well. You know, when I started doing the podcast. I wanted to stay away from uh, the trends or things like that. And I, I kind of was like, was fighting myself too much on, on being non-trendy and things like that. That I, I kind of didn't, it wasn't me. And one of the biggest things about me is I'm, I'm a computer geek. I've been in doing this for over 20 some odd years and uh, <clears throat> I'm really good at it. That's what, I, that's what I do. It's what I've done for a living for years. Worked in uh, computers uh, at various levels, you know, in a data center, uh, system management type, you know, that type of world. Uh, the windows, uh, servers. And so um, one of the things that I get a lot of questions and people for over the years, and I, I had a previous podcast where we did a lot of technical stuff that I kind of got a little bored with. Um, there's a thousand guys out there giving information, um, and I, I just wanted to. But the one thing I do know that I provide, and I think it's been my wheelhouse, is working with uh, homes and small business, small businesses. Uh, uh, I want to focus on cybersecurity and specific issues and suggestions for protecting your home and your small business uh, from online threats, and I think it's important. And as we live our lives more and more online, we have to be aware of a lot of the risk and uh, take steps to protect ourselves and our family. You know, I think there's a lot of myths out there, a lot of, you know, marketing. Um, so I, I hopefully at the end of all this, I can bring some clarity to what you do at home and be aware of some of the risks that are out there. And and the reason we say that is we're not just talking about data. We're not just talking about, you know, credit card information or theft of ID, of identification. Uh, there are some real physical risks out there in the sense that people who want to steal from you, people who think that maybe you have more doodads and things and you should, you know, I, I remember a friend of mine talking about one of his neighbors got into uh, quad racing, started having too much stuff laying around and be, he became a target. You know, somebody who buys a boat, guy who was retired, decided, you know, a bunch of checks that he was getting, you know, you know, the minute he retired, he was going to start indulging in some, in some uh, boats and buying boats and, you know, and uh, rebuilding boats, and people thought he wound up with flush with cash, and he became a target. 
and uh, your digital life and your security of your home, people will investigate those things to target you. People will, t you know, they know some of the tricks on getting your Wi-Fi to turn off so that your cameras turn off. They know how to, you know, look for uh, vulnerabilities, you know, in general vulnerabilities. Uh, but one of the big things and the most insidious thing are the ones that target your kids. Uh, I know and have been privy to and worked with uh, different law enforcement people who have asked me for uh, insight, who have talked to me about things, who people have told me things in conversation uh, in private uh, that most of the public don't understand and things that I know of uh, through other ways uh, and in discussions with other people involved in these types of situations. People will target your kids. They'll target them in ways that you don't realize. Some are doing, um, you know, there's been this, uh, people are being made more aware of the, uh, the groups of roving people going after women, snatching them off streets, literally snatching them off streets, uh, snatching young kids off streets. And those are the, the crazy, I wouldn't even say they're crazy. These are the groups that are out there that are actually looking to grab your kids at a moment's notice. Then there are some of those those people, I can't even say crazy, and I want to call them crazy, because people with mental illness, these guys are not, are not mental, they're not mentally ill in that sense. They are uh, depraved. And they have people who target kids, and they will come after them. They go on and find out their weaknesses online, find out means to uh, pressure them, to groom them, make them feel special, and all these other things, and, and in a sense, get them they be ingratiate themselves in their, in their lives. So, the, so every so to not, not to go too far into the weeds on this. This can be a discussion point for another day. Um, your protection at home and your small business is that important. That it's about your kids, and for businesses, it's about your livelihood. So, that, you know. So, so, let, so let's continue with that. Um, they're not the same, you know, we, we, we live in a world, you know, security threats that we're facing. There are a lot of different types of cyber attacks out there, whether it's phishing email, malware, you know, people doing brute force hacking, just general hacking, looking for vulnerabilities and, and uh, laziness in a part of people. Uh, it's important to be aware of these types of threats so that we can better understand how to protect ourselves our family and our assets, you know, when it comes to business. Uh, so let's focus on uh, protecting our homes. Uh, one of the, you know, biggest things, and I see it, it happens in business and happens home. It's the password. It's, it's, the, it's the bane of our existence. You know, we have to have strong passwords. Um, people, you know, there are every year there's a list that comes out, um, that have been collected for every time there's some type of breach or, you know, some type of hack somewhere in some company, a lot of the, um, 
security personnel go through these breaches and go through the things that they find in a dark web. Uh, and, and, and they report on these things. And then you get the researchers and uh, uh, the college professors, you know, the colleges that, that you know, uh, and actually even the security industry, they do these postmortems and they look through these things and they collect the data. And one of the biggest things they do is they collect the passwords. They remove all the personal information and they look at the trends of what the type of passwords were. Password one, two, three, four, five, or one, two, three, four, six, five, six, seven is one of the biggest ones. Uh, it's, it, it, and then there's a few other ones and it gets ridiculous. The word, the word password actually be, is, is one of the top ones also. It's just ridiculous. Um, people have a problem with passwords, uh, and they start using, they get lazy. They use the same password, you know, Maggie's baby, uh, you know, whatever it is. They'll use the same password multiple places. That becomes dangerous. And I'll explain to you real quick. When it's inevitable, Netflix, uh, Yahoo, whichever. I think uh, Twitter just, had, just got their uh, database hacks recently. One of the new ones. One of the larger ones. Um, and because uh, I get an alert that told me that the information that I had on Twitter was now out in the world again. It's out in the world, and so it's all to see. So people will see your username, they'll see your email addresses, they'll see uh, your passwords, they'll be able to see all that. Some cases, depending on the hack, they may even see your credit cards. So uh, what the per- you know? So the password is a pattern, and one of the biggest things that they use with this pattern. With this password, which ultimately becomes people's pattern, is they will take it and change it in different declarations. Meaning, if you put in uh, Baby Joe, you put his birthday 010122 or 0118, people will come up with ways and change that around. Baby Joseph, Joseph, and you and, and use the different birthday. Uh, things, or they'll use another kid's name, use your husband's name. They'll start playing with that, and they have people create these little algorithms that they, you know, uh, little small programs that they can do these things for them. It's automatic. They pump in one password, they can pump in two passwords that are listed to you, and start looking for a pattern. And with some of the information that they've gathered, they can now come up with a really good pattern. And what most likely your passwords can be or anything like that. Um, But what they usually do is they'll take the password. And like I said, they have software for this. Where once they know the password, it's going to take your username. Usually email address or whatever whatever, uh, usernames you may have used in the past. And it's going to check immediately every major uh, website out there. Chase. ABC, NBC, uh, TikTok, uh, all the social media. It's going to check all the TV, online, uh, you know, uh, entertainment places, Netflix. Uh, it's going to check all of them. Amazon. It's going to check every single one of them. And it's going to see the online banking, brokerage houses, any financial institutes. It's going to check all of them. 
to see what pa which passwords were associated with whatever usernames that you may have had in the past. And they're going to keep trying all the ones that they find. So if they have five different uh, or ten different usernames associated with you, it's going to try every variation of password that it found and that it can create <clears throat> on its own to break into yours, to break into your uh, one of your places. All they need is one of your accounts. Get into your Netflix account. They may, you may have a credit card associated with it. Break into your Amazon account, which is a lucrative one. They get into the Amazon. They can start buying Amazon cards. Before you know it, they've just dumped $3,000 into Amazon cards and shipped them off somewhere or have downloaded them electronically. And then they go off into the ether. Uh, there are a lot of things that they can do. So this is why you have to be careful for that. Uh, so one of the biggest things we always try to explain to people, it's important to make sure that you're using great passwords on your different devices, whether it's your routers, your switches, uh, whatever you have, there should be different individual unique passwords. One of the things I always try to tell people, use password phrases. Password phrases, you definitely want to start at a minimum of 12 uh, letters and, and people go, oh my god, I can't remember that. You know, the the cow jumped over. I remember I was working with a client. I was at, uh, consulting with Cigna. We had an, uh, a manager who was out. She was doing some things. There was some medical situations. She called in. Um, she needed some, you know, high level help on a bunch of things. Turns out they were just minor things. And I, I worked with. Her. I you know I, I helped her to get through this real quick and all her problems. And I was explaining her this simple concept. And in the background, her daughter, listening, working from home, listening in on the conversation, was like, yes, mommy. It's like the cow jumped over the moon. The little girl understood it immediately. Password phrase. The cow jumped over the moon. The brown cow jumped over the moon. Brown cow jumped over the moon. So you don't, as simply, simplistic as that is, that's what I'm talking about. You can... Now add on a number, you know, the brown cow jumped over the moon, you know, 1942. Uh, you can go from there or you can do random words, 101251. You know, you can add on things, periods, commas, whatever. Um, and you can get into the alphanumeric stuff to add on to make it more difficult. But now you've already went over the, the threshold of 12 characters. And then from there... It's great to come up with phrases. The longer the phrase, the better. You know, phrases from the uh, from a Bible passage. You know, uh, the phrases from your favorite book, uh, your favorite show, a TV, a movie, or whatever it is. Star Trek, Star, Wars, whatever it may be. Cheers, whatever. And that's where you can succeed uh, in coming up with passwords, and you don't forget them. Um, a friend of mine. You know, I, he has a daughter. At the time, she was young. <clears throat> and he did a password. Her won't say her name. We'll come up with uh, Becky is killing me. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't her real name, but that's what I'm saying. Something like that. Becky is killing me daily. You know, <laughs> and there, it, that was his, one of his passwords. Uh, and so then he added on to that. And he'll never forget. He didn't forget that password. May have forgotten other passwords. If I give you, you know, an alphabetic password, X, Y, one, two, two, five, dot, you're not going to remember any of that. But you can remember it 
if I give it to you in a way that I tell you, you know, all the S's are dollars, the O's are zeros, but here's the password. You know, boss girl, you know, it is, it, you know, my boss girl is the love of my life. Now, if we change all those things, O's, any O into zeros, S's are dollar signs, you can, you'll never forget the password. So things like that. So that's one of the things. One of the other things is keeping things up to date. I always tell people one of the bigger things you need to do is keep things up to date. Uh, keep up your, you know, the different firmwares you'll get, you'll get alerted, update, update your, your software, update your pat, you know, when they say patching, like within your operating system, update the, uh, the, the software, you know, want to update to new revisions on any software using and any of the firmware where it's recommended to upgrade, update the firmware, because what it is is you're updating the hardware and its capacity to do things better or do things more efficiently or any lessons learned and problems that they've figured out. You're going to update that. And now it's going to be able to understand things about better. Okay. So that's one of the things we always tell people, making sure you're on a, making sure all your things are updated and patched at the proper levels that it should be because the hackers and the people who are trying to get you are looking at the vulnerabilities. It is not uncommon for large corporations to be behind on their patching schedule. I've seen it in such an atrocious way that some are up to two to three levels, are two to three years behind on patching. Um, that's atrocious. People need to be fired for that, but that's just my opinion. Um, a few months is one thing. Years, we got a problem. Somebody's not doing their job. Somebody needs to be fired. One, they're not, there's no accountability. There's no monitoring. And there literally is no one watching, you know, the, the, the hen house. They're allowing it, anything to happen. So, your patching schedule is something that you should put it in there. You know, update your operating system. Update your antivirus. Update, you know. Your VPN, your firewall, whether you have a, a, a software or hardware versions, all these things need to be updated. It should be something that we're doing on a regular basis. Um, and so I just want you, that's one of the things that I, I definitely cannot, you know, hammer home more is you definitely have to make sure you're, you're, you're putting that in your calendar once a month. To make sure you're keeping things up to date. Uh, one of the things I recommend, and I think we had, we discussed it with the passwords, password managers. I know there's some faults and issues with some of the password manager companies, uh, but that goes back to what we were talking about laziness. And some of the companies have allowed you to become lazy, and in their practices, they've become lazy. So, but in in overall, password managers are worth their weight in gold. Because you don't have to remember um, the password, whether you use an alphanumeric, an alphanumeric password, or if you go into the uh, the type of passwords that I talk about, the passphrases, um, which some of them have moved into where they say passphrases, they'll create a passphrase for you, which are random words put together, uh, and there's also alphanumerics in all this stuff. Uh, within it so you can make it very complex but it's still a password you can remember um, and so some of them will have that that's a feature you should look for 
so you definitely want a password manager. It'll remember, and it makes it easier if there's some type of breach and you get an email from, you know, there's a lot of places out there that will email you on any breach using your email address or the various email addresses that you have. If there, if there's some new information comes to light through some of these security companies and all these other apparatuses out there that say, hey, this is a new breach and this information is now in the wild. This is, so it will alert you and say, hey, you got email address joe at abc.com or joe at yahoo.com or hotmail.com is now been compromised. The information has been compromised and all the data related to it is now on the internet. So now you can go and start searching for the username that you have in your password manager. If it's Netflix or whatever else or some account that you forgot, you can go find it, log in, change the password before anybody can do anything. Um, I've literally, there have been times I'm ahead where I get alerts. Some of the places I get alerts from are way ahead of the public. So I get a heads up saying, hey, this thing was breached. Uh, before the public even knows about it, I've already known about it. So I already changed my password and usernames and things like that. Uh, I've changed the password, put it that way, for the particular associated username. Um, or, you know, hey, it was that time of, uh, of the schedule where, having a month where I was going to change it anyway. So it's great. So you can do that. And... You know, one of the things I found out when I was going through utilizing my password manager, and I break the rule every so often, um, is we'll use the same password in multiple places. This is the perfect time. So if a password is now, you know, in the wild, it's now known out there and it's associated with a username, it is now the best opportunity for you to go within your password manager and look to see which passwords you know, a non-unique password, whatever they may be, is in there. So if this account had, you know, Joe, baby Joe 2949 or whatever it was, now, and if you use that password in multiple places, now you know which places to go and change those passwords to make them unique. Um, and that's happened. It happens to me. It happens to everyone. You know, I've got, I've had a password manager going back uh, to uh, to 2007, 2006. I think I've been working with this product that I have now, RoboForm, since then. Uh, one of the things that uh, always attracted me, RoboForm, filled out the forms for you. So whether you had to log into an account, you had the you know, bank information, or you were filling out something, hit a button, it fills it out for you. Um, and you had multiple types of online personalities you can fill things out business-wise had all the information that you needed work up you know the business information and personal stuff you can fill out and let's say if I also created a, uh, a you know a specific account for work related stuff though so if I was logging into places for the work I'm doing you know whether I was an employee or consultant I can create accounts for that and so those are the type of things that I, you could do with these password managers. So I have uh, links and websites and places that are reserved and, you know, they were subscriptions or whatever reserved for the company I was working with. 
There were some things that I was doing for myself as a business, you know, working on the side. And then there are things that I did personally, you know, all your Netflixes and things like Hulu's, things like that. So you were able to have those logins and, and they remembered in under the different accounts uh, related to uh, that particular uh, software, I mean, particular account, and it was great. So you could separate them. You know, if you had a New York Times subscription and it's personal, fine. You had another subscription to some other, uh, uh, let's say, you know, journal or something uh, related to, you know, uh, like PC Weekly or, you know, Windows NT Mag, things like that. Uh, Whatever related to your particular industry or, you know, hobby, you could actually separate them by that. So that was the good thing about it. That's a great thing about password managers. Uh, that you can, you have that option to delineate and, and, and it allows you to track back. And if, even if you're not 100%, because I'm not 100% when it comes to utilizing passwords, it's always recommended don't reuse passwords. I always try to generate new passwords, but there are days where if I'm logging into something that I know I'm going to continually use, I may reuse a password that I use somewhere else because now I'm already remembering it. Uh, but then it's, it's my job to go back and fix it. And when I don't, once I notice that there's a breach, then I can turn around and make the adjustments. So, so that's one of the, that's, that's, that's the recommendation for password managers. I I really can't, uh, uh, tout it any high. Like I said, I've been utilizing the product for a long time. So I think that automatically tells you, and like I said, it goes back to the complexity uh, multiple devices, things like that. You don't have to, you know, it's not on a, a text. Uh, you know, some people have their passwords written on some Excel sheet or a piece of paper in their notepad. And But what happens when you're outside or you're in the car or you're on a tablet on a train or you're at work, you don't have that in front of you. How are you going to remember? So that's why it's great to have uh, a password manager because... A lot of times they're encrypted uh, and you can share them amongst multiple devices. Uh, So I will always recommend them. Like I said, we can argue and debate about some of the failures and the way things have gone. And I know they've repaired some of those things. And I know there's been some recent intrusions into password managers. But when we delve into the reasons why, a lot of it comes back to bad implementation or... Uh, laziness on the part of those who developed it and they just did not move with the times. There was writing on the wall that they should have changed certain things and they didn't. And so they're going to have to deal with that with their customer base. But uh, overall, I think we've been pretty safe with RoboForm in general. I don't I have not heard of any major breaches. Um, I know there's been other companies that have had major breaches. While I've liked those companies, I'm not going to dog them right now. But there are companies out there that you can still trust them, that you can utilize for your password manager needs. Um, Once again, let's go back to the home and talk about securing, like I said, I think I breezed over it, you know, your routers, your switches, your smart home devices. You know, it's funny, I recently was going back over and cleaning up a bunch of stuff in the house. I was wanting to make myself feel useful again. I'm able to after the struggles and the things I dealt with, uh, with uh, what's been going on with me health-wise. 
uh, prior to this, you know, the backed up stuff. There was other stuff going on, more serious things. And so I finally got back in the swing of things and I started doing some sweeps. I was doing some internal sweeps of my networks to see what devices are out there. And I was shocked. I was shocked. <laughs> and I'm not, it's not easy to shock me. I know at one point between my wife and I, there was about 28 devices in this house. At one point, you know, all the tablets, the phones, the computers, you know, the, the, the Netflix boxes, the Roku boxes. But when I went on, uh, recently I was shocked that there were close to 50-odd devices out there. And I was like, what? And I started having to track every single thing down. Remember what else I had out there. There was a lot of uh, the smart home stuff that were uh, coming in, the cameras, the irrigation stuff. Uh, there was so many things I had forgotten about. That um, was ridiculous. I even had some extenders, uh, Wi-Fi extenders that I totally forgot about. They're still plugged in. One was plugged into the bedroom uh, and, and behind the bed over there, one of our small bedrooms. There was another one in the kitchen that was plugged in behind this cabinet, and it just sat there. Totally forgot about them. They were working. They were extending out the Wi-Fi's. <laughs> as long as the password didn't change on the Wi-Fi, they were going to continue to work uh, and do their job. And so uh, they were working. So, would, but these devices were just sitting there, and we forget about them. I forgot about them. So I had to go through and inventory and figure out each and everything. Somewhat quickly, I was like, oh, I know what that is. And I'm like, oh, what is this other thing? You know, I even had lights. Uh, I've got a couple of companies, the Singlet. Singlet has their own, uh, uh, their own lights and cameras to actually have one light bulb that's an actual camera hidden inside. And uh, we stopped using that a while ago. But I think somebody, one of my, my mother, someone came, I think it was one of my boys, because that's been not many people, and they plugged in uh, one of the light bulbs I had, didn't realize there was a camera in it, so the camera's been on. It hasn't been connected anywhere, but the minute that thing comes on, it connects to my Wi-Fi. <clears throat> so, and that's the other thing, you know. We want to secure the home in a way. One of the things I did was, uh, with the consumer level products that you buy as a router, they usually will have a guest network and then your internal network. Um, when you start dealing with the, the pro consumer and the pro stuff, it, it, you start getting into what they call VLANing, which is you're separating the different networks. But in the consumer one, they, what they call it is your guest network and your your in-home get network. It's two separate networks. The only thing that they, you know, whatever's on your guest network can't see across to your home network, but they both have access directly to the internet. So that's what's great about it. What I did in this house was I created a total separate network for all the devices that are on the outside. All the security cameras, all the, uh, just like that light bulb, that we were talking about that had a camera already on it. All the other different devices that are outside do not connect directly to the devices I have inside, the Wi-Fi I have inside. It's a separate network. It's about keeping things secure. So if someone wanted to break in, they would be breaking into that, 
that network, and then I, all they'll do is get to the internet. They won't be able to get to my stuff. And you secure that accordingly. You know, some people have come up with and say, hey, you can make that a little bit less secure. Uh, or, you, you know, I don't believe in it. I think make everything as secure as you can make it. And so, you know, these, a lot of these devices have access to storage, things like that. So you just got to be careful. So you want to definitely be diligent with the passwords that you utilize for those things. And once again, cyclical, it goes for me, it's become cyclical again, because now you use your password managers. So you not manage the, you know, the guest network and all the devices. Now, I think I have all the devices that are out there that we have in the house. Once I finished my network sweep and did everything, um, I think there are two devices that I actually have no idea what they are. Um, I, and so we'll track them out. I know it's in the house. It's not someone in here and someone breaking in. It's probably some device I forgot about or I'm overlooking and I'll figure it out. Out of the 50 some odd that we found, uh, two of them, we have no idea. It's not, I'm not able to find them or I couldn't think about what they were. So somewhere along the line, something's plugged in somewhere and it's connecting. Uh, so, so that's for me. I, I can imagine if you have a house full of four people, six people, that those type of things can grow exponentially. And you never realize that you have so many devices on your network and you've given out that password to all those devices that are now connected to your network. So those are the type of things you have to be aware of. Um, <clears throat> so it, it's definitely cautious, you know, when you're sharing stuff and, you know, your family photos, your, your, all that stuff is connected to some of these devices. You may give that, okay, let me give it, you know, the camera's access to my uh, cloud storage so that it has extra space. Uh, so just be careful because now there's a connectivity between that and uh, your storage. You want to make sure those things are protected. All your cloud stuff. The one thing I could say, I recommend cloud stuff, short story. And I'm probably going to have to do this in two because uh, this one's getting a little long and I don't like to go too long with my podcast. I'll probably do a second podcast, which talks about, you know, the follow up to this one um, <clears throat> is years ago. I was testing. Uh, it was 2008. I was testing online backups for a client. They had a particular company they went to. They were like, hey, I'm util I want to use this company. Uh, can you, you know, set it up, get the procedure? So it was right before Thanksgiving in 2008, the week or two before. And <clears throat> long, this long story short, uh, I started testing it out. It was like the Wednesday or Tuesday right before Thanksgiving. Um, when I implemented it on my computer, it said it's going to take more than 48 hours for my data to back up. That's how much data I had at the time. And I was like, okay, so let's go well with the test. So I started the backups because there was no way other, if you had to, if you had a lot of data at the time, and I think it's still true now, um, even though the speeds have gone up and you can back up uh, large amounts of data real fast now, especially if you have some of the speeds that like I have right now, um, but at the time, if you were going to back up online, it was going to take a lot of time for you to back up, you know, 100 gigabytes, stuff like that, terabytes. It was going to take a long time. So you, had to, you just had to deal with it. Or you can do what they call seeding is take your device or your, you know, your, all of the data you had, put it on 
some hard drive that they pr provided you, some external hard drive, and you dumped everything on it and then sent it in. And that was called seeding. So then now, by the time they received it and you connected back to it, they mounted it into their, into their backup and then you connected it. The only thing difference was the deltas. Anything that had changed from the time you backed it up to the moment you connected again. So the deltas could be short. May have been only 30 uh, gigabytes of changes, 20 gigabytes of changes since you did that full backup of everything and the data was sent off. So I didn't do the, I didn't do the seeding uh, because it, at the time I was like, ah, let me see, let's just see how long it would take. So I did the backups, forgot about it. Uh, went through Thanksgiving and everything came home. Uh, I was living by myself at the time, came home after Thanksgiving, you know, went to, and, and instead of going to sleep that Thanksgiving, I start, went down a rabbit hole working on a bunch of different things. So th that Thursday night, after I got home into Friday uh, of Thanksgiving, I just stayed up all day and night. And uh, it was just one of those things. It just stayed up. So about midday on that Friday, it just happened to look over. I was in my living room. Wasn't in my little, had a little office. Uh, happened to look over and saw a thing of smoke on the bottom. First, I thought it left something on the stove, and I'm walking around going, whoa, what the hell did I leave on? I smell something going on. And then I looked over, and it's almost like I saw, saw something breathing. It's like I saw a bunch of smoke, and then just sucked back in. So I thought I was having a delusion. <clears throat> I walked over, opened the door, and saw a big flash of, of uh, a fire in front of me where the computer uh, was sitting at, and right behind it, you know, it was one of them plastic drawer sets, and that whole thing was on, was engulfed, <clears throat> and it was going and licking up the side of the one of the big computers that I had built, and going up the wall towards the ceiling. And when I opened the door, it was big flash over. <clears throat> I looked at it, closed the door, was like, okay, what am what I'm gonna do? It was just one of those weird things. I just didn't know what to do, and there was smoke there too. So I closed the door, got dressed, and then called the fire department. Fire department came. They came in and they were going to destroy everything, but they, we luckily had a captain that was pretty uh, smart and and they, they didn't do much damage other than to that room. Lot, lost a lot of equipment there. And there was some equipment that I actually were able to recover uh, because prior to uh, the fire department throwing water on it, everything went off. Whatever short, whatever happened, went off. So the water did not short anything out so the water sitting on devices unless it's salt water which corrosive um you can survive some type of water logging depending on what it is <clears throat> and it's a big range so just so you know it's like when you drop a phone into uh water you know the whole rice trick and everything but if you did that in salt water a lot of times it's not going to work um so just to say that all that happened, and the funny thing is, when I, I was sitting out there talking to the firefighter, uh, the captain, we were talking, I looked down at my phone, because, you know, I was still getting service from my phone, I looked at my phone, I happened to notice that there was an alert, 
about 30 minutes before the fire, that backup that I had started a few days before had let me know that it had completed. <laughs> it was completed, done, it had verified everything, and it was there. And I forgot that I had put verification on. So not only does it back not only does it download everything that needs to download all the, the backup, you know, the cloud storage, everything, it did all that, but then it went into the verification, which you know obviously takes time also. It has to verify in each and every file. So it had sent me an alert saying, hey, we completed everything, looks good. And for three days, because after that I had to leave, I was working, I was consulting with a company and I had to leave and go for about a week and uh, work on this job remotely while literally my whole house was being uh, renovated or I was going through the, it was going through the, uh, the insurance process with my landlord and they were dealing with stuff and I had to leave. I was working from my car with a laptop because when I left the house, I grabbed my laptop and everything, which just happened to be working with in the living room and in a sense, and I grabbed everything that was in that bag, all the, you know, the plugs, you know, everything that I had that were, that I needed was already in that bag. I usually called it my go bag and I left. So I left the house and I sat downstairs and I had my cell phone, my laptop, and I was able to, uh, work from my vehicle and then once i got down to where i was going i was working from the hotel uh and uh that happened for about a week week and a half i actually extended my stay at the hotel for a few days uh they gave me a bunch of discounts and stuff and i paid that out of pocket instead of billing you know the consulting company i was working with which that saved me and from that moment on i had faith in online backups and that's 2008 so that story I tell you because since then I've always trusted a lot of that stuff. If your data is online somewhere, you know, doesn't matter if you lose your phone, doesn't matter if your computer blows up. If the data is safe online, you can just buy a new device, reconnect, and you're back to normal. You know? So if you're not backing up all your data to Google, Apple, you know, whoever it is that you, you know, if you're not backing up to Samsung, everybody has the ability to back up. They're giving it to you. But if you're not backing up, if you're not using your Microsoft backup and backing up online through Microsoft, or if you're not taking part, taking uh, advantage of your Google uh, space or your Google uh, subscription uh, to Google Drive, there's so many different services and stuff out there. It's ridiculous. You should be. Because I, and how many people I, oh, I lost my phone. I lost all my phone records. It's the stupidest thing that can happen right now in today's world. No reason why you have no one's phone stuff in today's world where it's so easily to back up to Google uh, through your Androids or th f definitely from Apple <laughs> with the iCloud. There's no reason. You could take that phone. And I remember years ago, probably even prior to the 2004, 2005, I literally got so pissed off at a phone that I had, I threw it out a window, kept driving, walked into AT&T. They gave me a new phone. Uh, within 40 minutes, I had it up and running with all my contacts, and I kept going. And that was a crappy iPhone from back then in 2004. What was that? iPhone 2, 3, whatever it was. And I was able to do that and because the iPhone that I had was so crappy, I hated it. So I went to the new, the, the new version of the iPhone and continued. I was so mad because that iPhone I had kept freezing on me. Um, so I'm just letting you know, there's no reason for a lot of the stuff that I hear people go through when it comes to the home stuff. 
Um, you should be backing your data up somewhere. And if you're not, you're not protecting your family. So I'll continue this conversation on the second part of uh, the overnight rambling. So thank you very much. This is Seth Melendez. We will continue this. I, I actually didn't think it was going to go this far. I hope this discussion, you found this discussion informative and helpful. Join us next time for I could do part two <laughs> and discussions. It'll be a great topic. So, if, you know, remember, you can find us on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Uh, and thank you for joining us. God bless. This is Seth Melendez, The Overnight Ramblings. Thank you for tuning in to The Overnight Ramblings. We hope you enjoyed the discussion on contemporary topics, current events, and noteworthy news. Be sure to join us for our next episode, where we will continue to bring you fresh perspectives and engaging discussions. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcasting app to stay up to date on all things The Overnight Ramblings. Until next time, stay informed and stay engaged with The Overnight Ramblings.